This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hi guys, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And what a show we had this week uh, on Lunch with Lloyd. We checked out the Hollywood movies currently showing and uh, actually heard from the one and only Johnny Depp uh, being interviewed by uh, movie critic William Mullally. We also had uh, Brad Dury of Chucky fame on the show as well. Then we turned our attentions to the world of Bollywood with Sneha May Francis. Also, some brunches were on the menu with AJ from Mr. Brunch. And they weren't just any kind of brunch, they were Halloween brunches. Enjoy, and don't forget to join me live weekdays from 11 o'clock here on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Indeed you are, and uh, it's always a pleasure to get to Thursday uh, as we talk movies with uh, the man who talks to the stars, the one and only Mr. William Malali. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Very, very good, William. Um, so, um, it's the scariest weekend of the year. <laughs> that means that probably I'll be uh, hiding away indoors and not going to the cinema. <laughs> I think you can still find some things in the cinema. There's plenty opening. I think there's plenty for you to find. Right. So I don't have to be scared um, out of my wits uh, this weekend. But uh, as I mentioned you've been talking to the to the stars. And, um, well, he's a big star. He's quite a, quite a character as well. You've been chatting with the one and only Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yes. Johnny Depp, I think, is... You know, still one of the most beloved actors in the entire world, and you know, a fervent amount of you know people behind him. Even though he's had some some difficulties, I think in his personal professional life, you know, he's still one of the best actors of you know his generation and of all time, and really just a fascinating, insanely charismatic character, who I think is known for inhabiting the people that he plays, unlike anyone else. I, I think that's really always been his skill. He disappears into these roles. Will yeah. also still bring through some of his Johnny Depp flair. He is, he's amazing, isn't he? You know, from his Pirates of the Caribbean days to uh, playing gangsters, he's he's just at home in every role, and he's a fair old musician as well. I don't know if you heard him play the the guitar and, and sing a little bit, William. He's, he's you know, and he's always like gravitated towards the most interesting people in the world, whether they be writers or they be musicians. He's always surrounded himself with just fascinating people, um, including you know people that he played. Like um, the, the lead in Blow, he would you know play ridiculous people or like in Fear and Loathing Las Vegas and end up becoming their friends. So I think he's someone who really has always been fascinated by characters in the real life just as much as the characters that he's playing on screen. And in the new film Minamata um, that is coming out this weekend, it is out today, he's playing another real life character. This one who I don't think has you know some of the fame, but is historically. You know, hugely important. He's playing the photographer Eugene Smith, who is known for being the inventor of the photo essay, the journalistic photo essay, who is the person who was responsible for uncovering the mercury poisoning in Japan that led to wow. the called Minamata disease, ended up saving many, many lives. And it's really, I think, one of the most important journalistic ac- actions of the last hundred years, honestly, in the, in the amount of lives that it saved, in the restrictions that it put on, in the awareness that it brought in mercury poisoning in general, I think it was hugely, hugely important and a, an amazing fight of, you know, corporate corruption. And he's a fascinating guy who was also incredibly flawed, incredibly, you know, down in his luck. He was towards the end of his life. He'd alienated any, anyone else around him, but he found something that inspired him and pushed him to the heights of his career. So really, I think it's a, a perfect, you know, Johnny Depp um, creation. Um, that, like, I think is. 
I think, too crazy to be fiction and really, I think, something that only he could find the truth in, in bringing that fiction of, you know, the, the, the adaptation to life. Um, so you managed to catch to Johnny Depp. You managed to speak to him. Um, what? How did that conversation go? <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp is, you know, you, you kind of think of people, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, if there's perhaps a difficult interview, Johnny could be probably a tricky interview, William. Oh, he could. But if you, you know, if you win his respect, he's very open. He will talk yeah. and talk and talk and talk. Like we had. I think five minutes scheduled and we ended up talking for about 40. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's that kind of guy. Um, And so I I think really what was interesting to me is the fact that, you know, when he is coming to this guy, you know, at the end of his career who has seen it all, who is, you know, finding something to care about again, if this is really something that he could have done earlier in his career, or if he had to kind of live the truth of this character, so to speak, in order to, to find the truth and bring it to the screen. And I, I think that really is exactly you know, how he sees it as well. An area that I've explored myself, you know, in terms of state of mind and, yeah, when you suddenly feel like you're in the middle of the Colosseum in Rome and everyone's just staring at you, waiting for you to meet the lion, I think I think you know one of the one of the things that Andrew and I really connected on first and foremost was that this film was always going to be for those people. Also, obviously, we we there, there's an enormous responsibility to, to to Gene Smith. There's an enormous responsibility to Eileen. There's huge, monumentally, you know, surreal. Um, salute to to these these people who experience this. Yeah, what a story! Um, I'd, not, I'd not heard of this one before, William. It's it's a new one on me, um, and um, I, I'm probably going to go along uh, to see this film. Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating, and I think it's not just you know this intrepid journalist who's cracking the big story. He's an incredibly flawed person. You know, he finds a, a partner out there, a Japanese woman, who yeah. takes on this project with him. Um, they end up falling in love, but then by the time the story's been broke, they've already divorced. <laughs> and I mean, that's it's, it's really, I think, the, the flaws of the, the humanity that also never get in the way of you know, doing something for the, the greater good of humanity. I think it's a really interesting dynamic that this film is able to explore. And I think it, it brings some of Johnny really captures the depth of that in you know, capturing the, the truth of this character. To be honest, no, I think I think I needed years. I think I needed the years. There was definitely some things that I had to see and experience uh, before I could ever get to a place to have really been able to understand Gene Smith on the to the degree that I do because he's he's a he's a very uh, abstract character. But as an actor, I mean, there's really no other way to arrive prepared for a scene and or to be involved in that collaborative effort if you're not bringing your truth to the table an abstract character i like <laughs> there's an abstract character playing an abstract character in this one there william oh, absolutely and you know it's a movie that I, I think it's flown under the radar the reviews have been great um but you know it's been it's been delayed here and there i, I think it's it's a film that is going to need to be discovered um, bit by bit by people. So it's definitely, I think, one to, to seek out. 
Okay, so that's um, opening up in theatres this weekend. As we know, of course, um, it's Halloween weekend as well. And what would Halloween be uh, without Chucky, William? (laughs) Yes, Chucky is one of the most iconic characters um, from the history of the horror pantheon. This doll who was inhabited by the spirit of a serial killer coming to life. Um, And the series has evolved a lot over the years. There's a, there's a lot of, I think, different twists and turns that it's taken. It's gone from abject horror to pure comedy to something in between. Now it's back for a series that's airing exclusively on Star's Play in the region. And, you know, Brad Dourif, the original voice of Chucky, returns, even though, you know, you know we know him as the worm tongue in Lord of the Rings. We know him as Billy Bastion from um, once over the cuckoo's nest and a tremendous actor yeah, who's basically yeah. retired, but he's still coming back to play Chucky. And I think the series kind of recaptures the spirit of that original while still keeping, you know, some of the humorous charm of the, of the later films. And I, I think when I was speaking to, to Brad about it, um, he really still, even though he's, you know, gotten to a point in his career when I don't think he can handle playing the villains, he can never say no to Chucky. I mean, it's not a good thing that I'm getting older. I'll tell you that right now. If 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 it was static, it would mean nothing. So yeah, of course. I'm as I grow closer to death, you know, it's I'll, you know my relationship to it changes. Hmm. What interested you at first about him, and what interests you most now? Well, I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, when I first did it, I had I had a wife and children who I had to support, and it was a job. So that was my, you know, honestly, that's my, that was at that time in my life was my first interest. Um, now it's just family. I'm, I'm, I'm really almost retired. I'm, I turned down almost everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm t- older now and I'm tired and I, and, and all that pressure is too much and my shock absorbers and shot, you know, and playing bad guy. I just, bad guys gives me this horrible feeling that I carry around and I don't want to do it anymore. Chucky, you know, I, I know how to handle. So um, so that's good. And, and, I, and I don't know how to say no to Don. And my daughter is very much involved. <laughs> he can't say no to Chucky. I love that. Uh, Brad Dourif. Let's have a list, little listening on the trailer for this. Hello? Yeah, I'm calling about the doll. What? Be very careful with that doll. What are you talking about? Have you checked his batteries? There's this urban legend about Charles Lee Ray. He was a serial killer who died in the 80s. He terrorized Chicago for years. Prolific. Before he died, he transferred his soul into a good guy doll. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? I <laughs> just love the voice. And yeah, Brad um, William, he, he just couldn't say no to Chucky, even though he turns everything else away. Yeah, and, you know, as he was alluding to, his daughter is now a part of the series. Um, he, he did slightly, I, I brought up, you know, the fact that he's, you know, passing the baton, and he started telling me something and then stopped himself because he realized he signed a million NDAs and he can't reveal any future projects. But I think I was on to something. Really? <laughs> because he wanted to tell me what was coming next. That's the big plans are for this franchise. So if we want to make our Halloween and uh, get our dose of Chucky, where do we need to head to? This is only on Star's Play in the region so they're they're right in the middle of this first season i think if you love that first film even if you haven't you know caught up with the series i think it's definitely one to to check out because it captures you know the fun of that original first child's play film 
You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hey, welcome back uh, into the show. We certainly look forward to uh, our Thursdays and our chat with William Mullally, all things uh, movie related. Uh, I'll be giving Chucky a miss, William, but, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be loving it. Uh, now, we're moving on to uh, a Saudi show um, called Tacky. What do we know about this? So Tacky is, originally it was a, a YouTube series that started nine years ago. And it was only on YouTube because no station would take it at the time. It was, you know, t- about young people in Jeddah, yeah. young men and women. And really, if we're talking about shows from the Gulf, especially shows from Saudi, you get family dramas. But never you're getting something that's like a real look at you know how young people are living. And so it was really ahead of its time. And now that I think Saudi has introduced a lot of, of reforms it's you know I, I think changed in so many different ways um it this is a show that was you know showing where things would go for saudi and now the saudi's reached out the show is returning on its biggest platform ever it's going on to netflix for its third season um you know with a bigger budget with all the original stars back and i, I think really you know capturing Jeddah at a, a pivotal time in its history in a really interesting way so like i, I think saudi arabia is right we've been hearing you know forever that we need to have more stories about what's going on in the region, you know, you know who the people are, what, what, what things are, what people are dealing with. And Taki, I think, is a, a great show for dealing with that. And so in this third season, we have, you know, an aspiring filmmaker who now, you know, once was aspiring into a place that didn't have cinemas. Now there are cinemas, but now there's a rush um, for filmmakers. And so things are not maybe as easy as he thought they would be once things started performing. Um, we have a young woman character who previously couldn't get anywhere because she couldn't drive and now now can and now has, you know, different um, concerns uh, across her life. And so I, I think, you know, looking at the third season and looking back at those first two seasons, which have also been put on Netflix, I think it's a really interesting way to, you know, I think show the different facets of Jeddah and the different facets of young people in the Gulf. Okay, so that's tacky. Um, I want to run this by you, um, William. The Dune story uh, is set to continue. Warner Brothers has announced that Dune Part 2, the sequel to uh, the big hit uh, movie, is going to get made. So uh, there's going to be more Dunes to be seen at the cinema. If anything, I'm surprised they did not, you know, immediately greenlight Dune Part 2 and 3. Because basically in the second one, we're going to get the second half of that first book. Something very nerdy, I know, at this point. Not that that's anything new. But, and then we're getting into Dune Messiah with a, with a potential third movie, um, which is, you know, when, you know, this Timothy Chamelay's character has basically assumed the top but now has new issues to deal with. And I think Denis Villeneuve, who directed this first one, has always said that you can really only do it in three. I think fans across the world, and especially the reaction that it's gotten in the U.S., has shown that people are clamoring for more Dune. But honestly, I think they should film two and three back to back because I just don't want Denis... One, okay, I'm happy that he's getting to finish his Dune um, trilogy bit by bit, but I want him to go back to making weird, cool movies, <laughs> like Incendies, like Enemy, like Prisoners, um, like Arrival. Um, so, you know, I, as cool as it is that we're getting more Dune, I, I, I want different I, I want crazy radical to be. Um, but, you know, it's always the push and pull when you have a, a director who wants to do a big franchise, because this franchise has just eat up so much time of a person's creative life. 
Okay, so that's uh, more Dune. Uh, we're going to be seeing more of John Cena as well, uh, apparently on screens. He's in talks to star in something called Freelance. Uh, he's uh, said to be set to join the cast of the action comedy that'll be held by the Taken, Taken director, Pierre Morel. Um, I know you're a big fan of uh, WWE and uh, of John Cena. Um, good news for you, William, there? Yeah, I think Cena, for a long time, you know, he was this almost movie star. And I think in the last couple of years, he's really shown that he's just a full movie star, especially not just with, you know, um, Suicide Squad, but the upcoming um, Peacemaker series is going to be on HBO Max and potentially probably OSN here. I, I think he's shown that, you know, it's also with, you know, Fast and Furious, although I didn't really like him in Fast and Furious. I think he's better when he's funny. <laughs> when he's serious, I don't really like him in movies he's boring. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he handles the sort of, you know, Taken style film. Because yeah. I think he's he's found his niche and I'm just not sure how much he can get out of that niche. I don't know how good he can be when being totally serious. But hey, he could potentially surprise me. Let's see. Let's see. Um, f- and finally, what scary film are you going to be watching this weekend, uh, William, for for Halloween? Anything um, uh, that you're going to pop uh, pop there in the in the player? Hmm. I, I want to watch Neroi, The Curse, which is a found footage Japanese horror film that's legitimately scary. Yeah. And maybe I'll revisit Lake Mungo, tremendous, tremendous film as well. But there are some great non-horror films, like Last Night in Soho is out. And we do have another weekend of The, last, the French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson film, which I was able to catch just a couple of days ago. And I think it's, I would put it as my third favorite Wes Anderson film. I'd go Grand Budapest. I'd go Royal Tenenbaums first, Grand Budapest second, and Trust and Trust third. I'd like it that much. So definitely, if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, watch out for the criminals to see that well around. Great stuff, William. Uh, Well, have a fantastic weekend. Uh, Don't get yourself too scared on Halloween, and we'll catch you again next Thursday. That's once again William Mullally, our uh, movie critic. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Welcome back into the show. We've already had your uh, Hollywood uh, well and truly covered. It's the turn of Bollywood right now. And Sneha May Francis joins me in the studios. How are you, Sneha? (laughs) All good, with lots of masala. Here I am. Right, nice and (laughs) spicy this week. So something that you have have already watched is Udam Singh. The Indians never forgive their enemies. They strike them down even after 20 years. Gandhi has left Delhi for Amritsar. Arrest Gandhi. But if you don't have anything, you'll be down for 100 years. You'll be down for now then, this sounds interesting. Um, you've actually watched it, so what was the verdict? I would say it's um, it's a really well-made film, rather indulgent. So unless you have a couple of hours of uninterrupted time to spare, yeah. I wouldn't say don't get into this. And it's uh, indulgent is a word I would use for Sujit Sarkar, the filmmaker who you know who made this. Um, it's the pacing is slow. Uh, but the writing is spectacular. So okay. unless you have that undivided time, I don't think you can appreciate this film. So you've got to devote yeah. a whole afternoon You have afternoon to just to yeah, invest that time. Yeah. And I'm, I would say it, it's going to you know reap a lot of benefits. Now, this is another biopic from Bollywood. It's about a revolutionary, a freedom fighter who takes his time, who travels back to the UK to kind of find the man he holds responsible for a huge amount of bloodshed that happens in Punjab. So it's dating back to um, 
what happened in 1919 in Amritsar. I'm just going to give you a mm. brief overview, Mark, about what happened. It's called the Jallianwala Bagh Massacre. What happened was on that fateful day, a lot of people, thousands of people gathered in Jallianwala Bagh for a, a peaceful protest. But then there was this um, Colonel Dyer who uh, was instructed by the governor at the time to kind of instill fear in, you know, in the people. This is uh, when they, there's a bunch of troops walk into that, uh, you know, guarded, it's a walled area and they just open fire into a crowd which, which were just normal civilians mm. just sitting down and peacefully protesting and then obviously the bloodshed, the aftermath. So this is a young boy at that time, a Punjabi, who has witnessed this um, and how he wants to make the man responsible for this pay the price for it. So it's it's very very delicate. It's it, it, for me, I think the writing is just phenomenal. There's no amount of you know it's it's one side uh, the version over the other. So it's when there is a war, when there's a revolution, you're always obviously as an Indian filmmaker, he will portray it from his side. But I also think the the British side of the uh, narrative is also quite strong, and they didn't come out as just demons. So. Um, and another thing I wanted to add is whenever we we do a film about the struggle, the freedom struggle, the casting is always, I feel terrible for the guys who have to play uh, the the British roles. Usually they're not, I, I find them quite odd, not great performers, but here they've just cast, the casting is brilliant. Their dialogues are beautifully written. So all in all, I think it's a fair attempt and a very, very genuine attempt to capture history. Excellent. Um, I've never heard you come up with such a, a glowing review in a while for that one. Uh, that's uh, Udam Singh. Now, another one. Let's take a look at this one. It's called House of Secrets. In a horrifying incident, dead bodies of 11 members of the same family. Obviously, some things went clearly very very wrong there were three generations living in one roof quite a typical family is it a suicide is it a murder and the answer is not simple it's quite complex so there's a clip uh, from the trailer of the House of Secrets. Another one sounds rather interesting. Is this a true story as well? Yes, this is a true story. Okay. So it makes it even more eerie if you ask me. So this is a three-part docuseries about an incident that happened in Delhi back in 2018. Yeah. Uh, 11 members of a family were found dead on, on a single night. And it kind of shook all of us. And I remember it's it's quite uh, you know, fresh in our minds as well, kind of shook everyone, kind of figuring mm. out what actually happened. This is three generations, and you know, they all—it's—it's it's called joint family in back in India, where three generations live under the same roof. So, to see what prompted them was—was was there foul play? Was it something that they just decided one fine day? And in a seemingly, you know, fun, loving family, and in fact, yeah. one, they had a celebration a week earlier to to this fateful night when, you know, there was, there was an engagement of one of the members of the family. So people just couldn't understand what happened. And it's that, it's that mystery surrounding what happened that fateful night and why did these people do what they did or what, did, did yeah. they do it or did someone, someone else, else do it? it? So, yeah, it's three, three part. So it's, again, um, I think the pacing is a bit, uh, but some of the, the, the kind of reports and some of the analysis is quite, 
disturbing, shocking, if you ask me. But interesting to see, you know, when there is a, an incident that you've heard of and you've yeah. read about and then to go deep down into that. I don't know what it is about me, Mark, but I like, I like mysteries. Yeah, and, and where can we see this one? This one's on Netflix. It's called The House of Secrets, The Burari Deaths. Great. Uh, I think we've time to squeeze in um, one more. So um, we're going to hear this, something that's coming up. I'm not going to attempt the pronunciation on this one. I'll leave that to you. Why should we consider you? I'm because I'm an engineer, and engineers make the best husbands. How? We don't give up that easily. Engineering whole relationships. If we decide to decide, we'll complete it. I'd like to know the qualifications and ambitions of my interviewer. I want to work at a small firm where I can make a big difference, rather than working at a big firm where I make no difference. You're not a Rajnikan fan. Rajnikan didn't let superstar Rajnikan. Na yepko virve yepri virve yar kateriyad. प्रभु सुंदरेश्वर स्वयं मीनाक्षी का हाथ मांगने आए हैं इनकी शादी तो हो चुकी है सालों पहले So there you have it, a clip from the trailer. Shall I, shall I attempt it? Uh, yes, please. Uh, Meenakshi uh, Sundarashwar. Not bad at all. Was that not bad? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I'll get my gold medal for that at the end of the show. <laughs> the Bollywood gold medal goes to Mark. So this one's called Meenakshi Sundareshwar. It's a tongue twister, yeah. I, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, really sweet little film. Another love story. This one lands in, on Netflix. Um, a young couple. Again, you, when you hear them, you know, it's very typical. One, one is an engineer, the, the boy, who, who believes that, you know, a great marriage means, you know, a husband material, if you call it, mm. is an engineer because they don't give up that easily. The girl is a Rajnikanth fan, superstar, Tamil superstar. And they come together, they get married. It's an arranged marriage. Two families decide these two must get married and how they have to live apart. So it's a long distance marriage and what unfolds thereafter. So I think it's really cute. Um, great performers here, the Sanya Malhotra and Abhimanyu Dasani, two of my favorites. I hope they don't disappoint. So this is early November and I think it'll be a great start. Right. Um, good stuff. Um, uh, a rumor messaging in. Uh, the Uttam Nagar case freaked me out when it uh, was first reported in the news. Hubby watched a bit. Like you say, it's captivating tale. It is. Well worth a watch. Thank you so much as uh, always. That's Sneha once again uh, taking a look at the world of Bollywood. This is Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Indeed you are. Once again, we get into um, uh, the weekend, of course, and it's uh, a pretty scary weekend being Halloween. And joining us up next on the show is the not-so-scary, really, uh, but very cool, <laughs> Mr. Brunch. How are you, Mr. Brunch? I'm very good, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the lovely introduction. <laughs> no, I'd love to see your outfit for, uh, for this weekend. What, what, what have you got planned? Let us, let us into a little secret. Well, if you remember Skeletor from the uh, the He-Man cartoons, something along those lines. Okay, all right. Have you already got your outfit then? Uh, parts of it, but I still need to get the last few bits uh, <laughs> tonight. Okay, so those very sartorial suits are going to be staying well and truly in the in the wardrobe this weekend, by the sounds of it. As we are talking Halloween brunches, so let's get uh, underway, Mister Brunch. Where we're we going first. Uh, we are going to the Intercontinental in Dubai Marina. And this place, I honestly, I can't rave about this place enough. It's actually my favorite brunch of the moment. Um, it's a place called Koyo. Um, it's recently opened and they do something called Kabuki brunch, usually on a Friday. But because it's Halloween, they've done a, a slightly 
uh, Japanese twist on the Kill Bill movies, and they've called it Kill Bookie Brunch. <laughs> I like that. Kill Bookie Brunch at Koya. Um, so you're raving about this place. Um, what makes it so special for you? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, how long have you got? I mean, I, everything from the performances, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a, if you imagine like the old school cabarets, but cooler, it's a, yeah. it's a dance drama show and they have live performances and their costumes and they've got an army of dancers and gymnasts and contortionists wow. and singers and, and everything. And, and that's, that's just the performance side of things. Uh, the food on top of it is, Japanese, of course, um, is out of this world. So if you like your gyozas and your katsu sandus and, and your sushi and, and shrimp, then it's unbelievable. So if you like a, a live show performance with great food and, and beverages, this is your place. And obviously, they're going to go all out for the, uh, the Halloween Kill Bill theme as well. Okay, so uh, Kill Buki, I've, I've got a funny feeling you might do a bit of AJ spotting at this one. He's obviously in love with this place. What's he, what's he going to set us back? Um, I, I'm not going to be there this weekend, I'm gonna <laughs> that uh, but this one is usually uh, Fridays 1 till 4 and soft drinks are 3.50, uh, house beverages are 4.50 and sparkling is 5.50. Nice one. That's a great start then. A little bit of Japanese to put uh, into our Halloween. Uh, now this next one, love the name of this one, Thrillerween. Yes, Thrillerween. So one of the, the greatest all-time uh, Halloween uh, movies, uh, of course, and music videos, of course, one of the most popular ones, Michael yeah. Jackson's Thriller. Uh, this one is themed around that. So this one has uh, a live DJ and uh, special performances over at Phileas Foggs, which is at Montgomery uh, Golf Course, um, and a live performance from the man MJ himself. Oh, really? Yeah. That, should, yeah, that should be interesting, shouldn't it? They'll probably make another video of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's not actually, of course, it's not Michael Jackson, yeah. but it is a guy called Madassan Jackson. And Madassan um, was actually awarded by MTV all the way back in 99 as the world's best Michael Jackson tribute artist. So looks like him, sings like him, and more importantly, dances like him. All right, this sounds like a good, uh, fun um, Halloween brunch. Uh, Phileas Foggs, uh, what's going to be on the menu for this? Uh, so they've got a, uh, a smoke pit platter, so lots of uh, smoked barbecue meats and spicy sausages and short ribs and all of that good stuff to, uh, to fill your stomachs and get nice and scary. And they've also got a, uh, a competition for the best dress um, where you can win up to 30,000 dirhams. Wow. So it pays to dress up, get that makeup on and, uh, and look the part. You know what I'd be going as if, if, if I was going? I'd be going as one of the, uh, the squid game uh, guards, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, when it comes to our pocket, what we're looking at there? Uh, so this one is actually a Friday evening brunch. It's 7 till 10 p.m. And it's uh, 199 dirhams for non-alcoholic, uh, 249 for premium soft beverages, uh, 299 for house beverages, and 399 for premium beverages. Lovely. Uh, I like the sound of that one then at Phileas Foggs. We've got one more to look at when it comes to um, the Halloween brunch scene. Where are you taking us? Uh, so this one, I thought I'd cater to the kids this time. The first two were all more for the, the yeah. big kids, the adults like us. So this one is a family-friendly one. So we're going to the, the scene, which is um, in Pier 7 of the Dubai Marina. The scene by Simon Rimmer, of course. Okay, the scene, setting the scene. And uh, as you say, this, this is um, you know, perfect for uh, the whole family. that the, the, the mums and dads and the kids can go along to this one. What are they going to find when they arrive on the scene? So, I like what you did there with those boys. <laughs> um, 
So they, uh, they've got a trick-or-treat family brunch this weekend. It's a picnic style and they've got lots of activities for their kids to do. So uh, things like trick-or-treating and balloon bending and creepy arts and crafts. And they've also got uh, Maleficent. So uh, the Disney oh, uh, right. character. Yeah. But she sees her all singing, all dancing performance and the kids absolutely love it. But uh, typically tied in with all of the, the British classics that they usually serve at the scene, but just with a, a bit of a Halloween twist to them. Okay, that sounds rather good. And um, is it going to set us back a lot or not too much? It's not too bad. Um, important thing for this one is family. So kids under six eat for free. Cool. Um, kids between seven and 12 years old are only 49 dirhams, which is great value. Um, and then for the adults, it's 249 for soft beverages, 299 for house beverages and 349 for premium. Sounds great. Sounds like I'll be eating for free as well on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've, you've pointed us in the right direction for three great uh, brunches there. Are you going to give us a clue as where we might spot Mr. Brunch this weekend? It's somewhere on the part. Oh, I'll give you away. It's, I'm going to go to the, uh, the Anantara, the Falcon, Falcon Court, which is great. All right. That'll be very scary, won't it, with, uh, with you and your outfit. Well, uh, Mr. Brunch, AJ, always a pleasure to chat with you. Have a fantastic Halloween, and uh, we'll catch you again next week. Cheers, Mark.